Savru from Collius, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. So I know it's been a while. Like I feel like it's been almost like almost two years, maybe like a year and a half, actually, almost two years since our last interview. Man, I feel like we should have done at least two more of these. <laughs> I, oh, don't know, I don't know why it took us like almost two years to do this again. And, you know, I've been following everything that you guys have been doing. I mean, since it all started, like it's it's really cool to see like the reception, especially as of recent. I mean, you guys have, uh, you know, obviously, you know, um, you, know, you guys just dropped this banger of this track, The Dark Machine. Uh, last yesterday, you know, which is, I believe, yeah. the third single off of your upcoming record. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to begin by commending you on all the well-deserved recognition this has been getting so far. By the way, shout out to Metal Injection. They premiered that. Um, yeah, and yeah. you've and I've seen, you've seen it, the YouTube phrase from like all these new fans that are quickly building and discovering your music, including your appearance on No Cover, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know that opened up a lot of exposure for the fans out there, but you know, there's just so much to you know, unpack about all this, you know, it's like, you know, I feel like we're friends at this point, you know, because it, it, this is like, we can just make it like relax and everything, but, and about yeah. catching up on where we almost left back on it in 2020, it feels like a different lifetime ago, almost, you know, I'm, I know I'm looking back at that time and everything we discussed, you know, obviously, you know, this podcast is going to be on all streams, including YouTube, but you know, you know, how are you, Nicole? I don't even you know, <laughs> ask you. We're about like 10 minutes into this, but have you had the chance to just, you know, exhale since I feel like you guys have been on this like breakneck pace since we left off in 2020. And mm-hmm. it's really cool to see though. It's a really good thing to see that you guys have been building this audience is building this momentum. And I feel like it's a good thing, right? Yeah, it's been quite the wild ride. I mean, especially the last um, couple years, because had no idea like any of this was going to happen had no idea we were going to have vocals in the band yeah Um, we discussed about this too so (laughs) i remember that the the no cover thing was (laughs) kind of a surprise too and you know being on that we didn't even know when it was going to air so like everything just kind of started happening in the last like i guess um couple months Um, which really worked out in our favor because, uh, you know, we just released these two new singles, you know, Disembodied Existence, The Dark Machine. Um, You know, we just wrapped the the record. So, yeah, a lot lot going on. I feel like this last week or two, I've just been like a chicken running around with its head cut off, you know, trying to get ready for the releases and like the, you know, the string of shows that we have next week. Um, it's been, it's been pretty crazy. <laughs> and I know you guys are about to start and that tour, by the way, uh, the violent summer tour, you know, where you tour along, I, I believe along the East coast, starting in Philly, I think it's five days. I don't know if there's any more dates after that, but you know, it's yeah. One of the dates got canceled, unfortunately. <laughs> so we're down to four mm-hmm. dates at this okay. point. So just man, a little I, quick little stringer, <laughs> man. I wish I, if I would have had that, the time I would have, I would have brought you guys here to Dallas. Cause there's so many, uh, venues that I know the owners of. And we got to get that. We got to get that going, though. We do. Yeah, yeah, I would love to do like a just a Texas uh, run, man. You would have a blast here. And, you know, how is the anticipation been, Nicole, like leading up to this? I know it's like, has the are you excited? You know, I know it's it's like excited, like head cut off. But it's like, like, let's let's use this podcast (laughs) as like a therapy session. Right. Like, it's just like like both of us. at least. Like, it's just 
it's just uh, for me it's always more than just an interview because it's always about getting the authenticity within my guest and yeah you know absolutely touring. i appreciate I'll, that yeah and you know it, it, touring is i asked you this i asked you this two years ago you know if you had a newfound appreciation for touring you told me yes can do you feel the same way now you know you're about to take the stage again you know it's just like i remember i would ask some guests of mine you know uh vog from decapitated for example he was on my show recently and i asked him was it kind of you know exhilarating like coming back on the stage and you're like having to look around and say okay this is stage right this is stage left i gotta do this okay okay uh rasta you stand over there you know something like that you know they kind of just coordinate and kind of have to build themselves up okay i remember doing this again you know it's like has that synced in or is this kind of just picking up where you left off well for 2020 i suppose I it really said, did yeah. i guess when we technically played our first show as a band um last uh winter or it was in october i think yeah okay um so that's when everything really sunk in where you know we played that show and got off stage and like i just felt so heavy with emotion like i mm -hmm. was trying not to cry because i just felt like you know it had been so long since i'd played a show and then we started you know this new project and all of our first shows at the beginning of the pandemic got canceled so we had to wait mm -hmm. that long to even like play like our our first show ever as a band not including like the performance we did on no cover because that was technically the first live performance yeah so you know after playing you know the first show hometown here at dingbats um it was really really awesome you know we packed out the place with a bunch of our friends bands and everything so it really did feel like that hometown like first welcome show um i was just so so happy and like emotional after that because i'm like this is like like this is what i'm supposed to be doing you know yeah. like this is what i've i should have been like doing like the last few years but of course you know it's not just me, like everybody was, was set back for, for a couple of years there. So now I'm just like, so ready to get back out there again, um, with my guys and, and just perform and, you know, try to grab some new fans at these like cities that we've never been before. And, you know, just kind of start building, building that yeah. live audience. Man, could someone bring this girl some coffee? Like, I feel like I'm about to like Uber Eats you. So I'm like, please give me your address because <laughs> you, you we you need time to like digress and get up, take all this in, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, I it's it's really cool to see everything that you're telling me. And I, I promise we'll get to know cover because I have a whole segment about that. You know, now I one of the first questions I asked you on that last time we spoke. Which let's not let's make sure two years don't go by again before we do this because I feel like I know I feel like we need we need our own podcast at this point because <laughs> we've I know we've been like staying in touch you know uh, over the socials yeah. the last couple of years it's it was it's really cool to it was really cool to stay in touch and just see you guys grow again I mean it's like a broken record but I love the I just love I love Collius like I love the the, the concept behind it I love what you guys have been doing since you guys first met since the Nom days I mean you Zachy. JP and yeah. Chris, I mean, you've come a long way. I know it's been a couple of years, but it feels like you guys come a long way. I mean, everything feels like it went by in a blink. Do you ever think about like that time in your life now? It's like, I feel like we've had a chance to reflect a lot in the last two years. It's like, huh, that day in Nam, you know, when yeah. I met, when I just wanted to find a drummer 
and pretty much. Yeah. I was just looking for a drummer and then he happened to be jamming with an eight string guitar player. So I'm like, Oh, how convenient. (laughs) And then of course, you know, with your work with, uh, you know, we start wars, Meridium and, Ira mm-hmm. Hayes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I'm like really digging into my <laughs> really uh, digging uh, back <laughs> my database here. But it's like, you know, how often do you look back on those times in your life? You've been touring since you're 18, Nicole. You know, it's it's not yeah. an easy thing to do. And you know, here you are, you know, because we whether we like it or not, you know, past experiences have shaped us into who we are today. You know, mm-hmm. I've had my experiences, you know, I I I didn't know I was gonna be doing this, you know three, four years ago. And here I am. It, it's something that I love doing. You know, it's, you know, uh, uh, like, like music videos, like, like shows that you've done. Like, do you yeah. ever look back on like certain times? Like, yeah. man, what was I thinking? <laughs> something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, like every like band that I played for and like every like tour that I did back in the day, like, I mean, really, I think I took the longest hiatus from, from touring basically. Mm. Cause like, I, I really haven't toured in like 10 years. You know, like I've played shows and stuff, but as far as like actually doing like full tours, yeah, um, like I haven't toured in in that long because like, you know, the projects I was in never really got to that point. So, you know, fast forward to today where I feel like, you know, I'm finally like on the same page with everyone and, you know, although like, I don't think this is going to be like a full-time touring band, <laughs> Um, I am super psyched to get back on the road and just kind of like do these legs like here and there when we can. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, most importantly, like put out this record that we've been working on since, um, since we met, you know, so it's, it's been a long time in the making. So both of my brothers are teachers. I don't know if I told you that. So, and, um, they are both musicians. We're all, well, I come from a music family, so we all play instruments and they would tour. And I, I would ask them this question sometimes. So it's like, were you made for the touring life, you know? And then my brother got to thinking, he's like, you know what? It's like, I, I have this anxiety when I'm touring. Like he would answer me like like that. And he would love the experience, but it's like, he, like I wouldn't be made for the touring life, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like maybe a couple days here and there. And, you know, but these bands, they would go on these 90 day touring cycles. I don't know how they do it. But it's like yeah. the touring life is a whole different lifestyle. And that was taken away from a lot of people in the last yeah. few years. And I would ask my brother, he's like, man, I don't know if I would, I would love to go touring, but not like for a long extended period of time. So I don't know if it's, if it's the same way with you guys, it's because there's a lot of stressful, you know, moments when it comes to touring, especially the first day on tour, you know, just making sure everything's on set, you know? Oh Yeah. I mean, it usually takes like a week before everything is like really dialed the way Mm -hmm. you want it to be. And you're just super locked in with everyone. I mean, that's what I remember when I was touring full time. And, um, you know, it's like four or five, six week tours. And I did do the the three month tour once. How was that? Like that, that was crazy. It was like, wow, I'm about to like leave home for like three months and be in like all these different countries. You know, you just kind of get used to like, you know, a certain lifestyle and, you know, sleeping in the back of a van and, you know, and then when you get home, like, it's kind of weird because everything is still and like, you don't really know what to do with yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like how I felt when I would come home from tours, I'd be like, uh, okay, now what? Like, I got to start booking the next one, you know? Yeah. It's, do you, you also get a sense of, it's like almost a, um, 
I don't know if this is the right word for it, like post tour depression. Oh like, yeah. It's that's, like, that's very real. It's like, man, you're sitting in your living room and you have a dog next to you. And it's just like, it's like when you come back from a huge event, like a huge like experience. And it's just, you look back on that. And it's like, man, I, I, yeah, I want to do this again. Yeah. And that happened now. Like, what do I do with that? <laughs> I feel like the excitement leading up to the event is more exciting than the actual event. Do you feel the same way? Or is it just yeah, I mean, you know, they say it's all about like the the journey and the process, yeah. right? Not about like getting there and getting it done, but it's just like the like all the work that really goes into it, especially like, you know, for independent bands. So mm -hmm. and then of course, like that's that's where I'm at now. Like we're we're an independent band. So for example, like this East Coast run was really supposed to be like seven shows. And oh, wow. Okay. For the last like six months, it, I can't even tell you how much of a nightmare it's been mm. like trying to actually, um, book these shows a year after, you know, COVID and all these other tours got canceled and shows got canceled and all these venues are like overbooked. So actually trying to like get these shows was extremely difficult so, you know, it's just so many emails that go out and, and really just having to like knock down doors to just fucking play at a venue. Yeah. And, you know, and it's crazy. I'm like, wow, this is not like how it was like 10 years ago. And it's even, it's even worse now because, you know, I still consider us a newer band, even though we've been a band for like three years. Um, it's just a huge setback with the pandemic, especially being a newer artist but then like trying to break through as a newer artist um, in like an oversaturated market when everyone's trying to tour and play shows and, and get their music out, trying to make up for this time lost, you know, over yeah. the pandemic. So it's like, you're just, you're fighting for people to, to just um, listen to your song or, or book your band. And, and that's just kind of how it's been. So you know, I'm, I'm just kind of trying to be positive. Like, Hey, we got, we got four shows out of this, you know, one of them got canceled. It was supposed to be five and like, we're just going to fucking kill it no matter what. Yeah. So. I mean, I, th and that's the, that's the best attitude you got to have towards it. You yeah. know, and, and it's, uh, you really have a passion for what you do, Nicole. And, you know, it's, uh, I feel like we've somehow aged two years, you know, and it's, yeah. uh, you know, that, that's a crazy thing to see. And I feel like, I feel like we've grown also, you know, a lot of things that happened during the pandemic. And, you mm -hmm. know, I know when we spoke last, I didn't get a chance to ask you this last time, because this is a big part of who you are is I want to talk about freaking Justin McKinney, because he's part of oh. the <laughs> passage. And I freaking love that band. So Justin, if anyone doesn't know that that's your partner in life, you know, yes. and uh, <laughs> shout out to him because uh, he's responsible. And I didn't realize this, but I've seen Justin live with the faceless a couple of times. He's responsible for releasing one of my favorite records to ever come out in progressive death metal. I believe it was, uh, autotheism. Is that the one? The, no, he uh, was the, on in was, becoming was, a ghost. That's what that was. Yeah. Sorry. In becoming a ghost. Holy yeah. shit. That came out in the fall of, uh, 2017, if I'm not mistaken. I think yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man, I'm really reaching down right now. So it's like <laughs> my dad, if it's great, but that, but man, you know, having someone like Justin around Nicole, like, does that, who also shares a similar passion into, you know, what you have molded, you know, does that make the experience in doing what you do much more meaningful? You know, if that's, 
it that's yeah it. that's an interesting way to put it this is the um, just an appreciation segment. yeah more more <laughs> meaningful but also um you know the, the biggest thing that i you know tell everybody and and i make sure to remind him all the time too is that he's really just been the biggest musical inspiration like every day yeah. you know and just um kind of like learning about his process and seeing how he writes and how he records and, and just how much time he spends on just like on details that would like, you know, drive the average person crazy that he takes the time to do, you know, to create like this music that he's making has just been so inspiring, you know, and I feel like I've just learned so much from him in the last couple years. Um, that's, like improved so many aspects of my life as a musician. So like, I, I do have to thank him for that because I feel like he kind of made me realize like that next level that like I could take my music and my playing and my practicing and, and the way I record, you know, to make things just sound like really clean and tight. It's, it's, it's awesome. That's why like, I always joke around and call him like my life tech. Yeah. But I'm really not joking because he teched the fuck out of my life. <laughs> and, and and in a good way, right? And I yes, feel like it's, it's, in, it's, in a good it, way. Yeah. He pushed you to become a almost like a better version of yourself. You know, it's yeah. It's like, it's like you found someone who who not only is your life partner, but you know, who also you love, but also it shares that passion. It's like, all right, this is it's like the perfect match, you know. And and I yeah. and, and uh, I love the work that he's done with the Zenith passage. I feel like they just finished up a touring cycle did they not with um they they hopped on a leg of the rivers and nile tour yeah um so they did uh four of the california dates and Man, i was I, on i yeah. wish i wish they would have been because so rivers has been on my show a couple of times and they're oh. good, they're, good, they're good buddies of mine i absolutely love that band as well yeah, but man if you, you got so they were here in dallas with uh uh also shout out we're doing a lot of shout out shout out to kyle from um what's his what's the band oh archaeologist uh yeah archaeologist but he's also with fallujah uh, yeah gosh what is wrong with me yeah Yeah, i'm really good with this stuff but (laughs) i i got to meet kyle in dallas what a great humble guy man i know he's new to the band but first thing i told him was i could not stop like looking at him on stage because the because the the i feel like that's what you know um a band like um uh, Fallujah has been missing all this time. I've been following Fallujah for a long time, and I thought Kyle was absolutely amazing, and he was so humble about it. And yeah, and uh, you know, I, I wish you know the Zenith Passage was on that tour. They were, they came to Dallas, and it was a great turnout. It was like on the middle of a week that week you know, of a of the week, and uh, people were just packed that venue. And yeah, they time. wished they were on the whole thing. I think like that was like kind of difficult for Justin. You know, after not touring. Mm -hmm. um for a few years and then like basically just getting a teaser you know going on the road for four days with all your friends because those are like all his homies the rivers dudes and yeah and everything and then and then you have to like go home after four days it's just like it kind of is depressing like I get it and I kind of saw that you know when we went home because I went I went to all those shows except for the Fresno date um, and did was that, his, was that his like first show that he played like post pandemic sort of? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Remember? It was their yeah. first show back, you know, man. So. Uh, <laughs> now, as far as the Zenith passage and Kali touring, as far as like you guys going together, is that 
something that we can see in the foreseeable future. I don't know what you can and cannot say, but I don't know if it's We've been talking about it and yeah. we're we're trying to figure it out. Oh, please stay so, in touch with yeah. me on that. I will help you book shows down here. Okay. Um, yeah, if, it's, if, it's if, funny if, you if mentioned Tex- that. If Texas because... is uh, in the in the in the works. Yeah, Justin was just talking about um about a Texas run too. And like we were talking about, you know, Abigail Williams and everything, and you know, because he's like really good oh, friends man. with Ken and all that. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm like, please let's make this happen. <laughs> Man, Abigail Williams. So now you're now you're really reaching into my time machine here because I met Ken back in 2012 when the uh, when he was with Abigail Williams. This is in Tomcats West. This is a, a small venue out in Fort Worth. I call Fort Worth the upside down of Dallas. That's just me because I never because Fort Worth and Dallas are very similar and they're yeah. like about 30 minutes or 15 minutes from each other. But they're like the downtown aspects look very different. But Ken was there and we had a, I don't even think he knows, but he had a, we had a birthday shot for someone that day and I bought him a shot and we were just, and Ken was such a great dude and they killed it, obviously, Abigail Williams, but I don't know if they're still doing shows, Abigail Williams, but oh now, yeah, but, they na- just but now it's like, now you see what I'm saying? You guys, now you have this idea built up, but you, yeah, see, we do. Abigail, we've been, we've been like, talking about it, but they're, I mean, they're great. We just, um, we just saw them on their last tour, um, hmm. It was like a few weeks ago with um with Bork Nagar and Vale of Noth. So yeah. he, he sings in Vale of Noth too. And and um I, I shot some video for them like at the Bork Nagar show, That's which so I was like cool. so excited to see Bork Nagar too. So that is so yeah, cool. that was like the week before the Zenith um run. And uh uh I'm I'm gonna switch gears here, Nicole, because I want to ask about your trip to Greece. I know you're Greek, you know, by, oh, yeah. by uh, you know, where you're from. But tell me about your trip about that. Because I saw I saw the Instagram post and like the stories, but I don't think you've had a chance to talk about it that much. But how was the yeah. trip? I know you went with Justin, I believe. But yeah, last last one of my I best had, best yeah. friends is in Greece right now as we speak. So she's like, <laughs> she's going through like like all like the I think she's on like the fifth day over over a tour, but she's like, and I'm like, I need to ask Nicole about Greece, but go ahead. (laughs) Yes. I go every year. That's kind of like my, my go-to, you know, just because like, I just, I mean, that's my other home, right. You know, I speak the language and I love the food and, um, I, it's always like a climbing trip, right. Mm -hmm. So I have like my climbing spots that I go to. Um, I always go to, uh, up in the mountains. It's a little town called Madeira. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like there's all these um, monasteries that sit on these huge like spires, you know, and yeah. uh, back in the day, they the monks actually had to climb these spires like without ropes or anything and bring everything up there to build these monasteries. So there's so many of them and all the ones that don't have monasteries on them. Um, are actually like open to climbers. So it's become a really big climbing destination. Um, you know, not not super big, but like a lot of people don't really know about it. But the people that do, I feel like consistently go back because it's just such a peaceful and like beautiful place. I mean, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site mm-hmm. as well. Um, and that's just kind of like my one of my happiest places on earth is, is there in Madeira. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know <laughs> like if you're five saying, hours north yeah. of Athens. 
you know, I, I don't know if you're a sentimental person like me, but I always keep like little memorabilia from my trips. Do you, I know you're in the studio, but I, I was going to ask like, if you, do you keep anything with you from those trips? Like, is there something that is really meaningful to you, you know, that you, you know, hold on to something like, or you just, you know, or not, you know, usually, usually no, I'm actually um, not really a collector of things. And I guess that's because I, I still keep my blockbuster receipts from like, Oh my God. I'm crazy like that. That's like my sister. She has like a whole like dresser of receipts that believe it or not, we have a backpack. So that I bought that my parents bought me, right. It was a backpack. I don't use it anymore, but Uh in that backpack, it was, it was, I I think it's a Dallas Cowboys backpack. I don't even like the Cowboys. I like the giants. So whatever. (laughs) Anyway, the point is my brothers would come visit, you know, every summer and we would just stuff that backpack with just things that reminded us of a certain visit that we did. And it just, and uh, sometimes we would even uh, write it in our journals, what we did. Like we don't do it anymore as much as we use it. Cause now we have like Instagram and Facebook. It saves all our memories there digitally. Yeah. But it's just, it's just huge. It's just packed with like, just, just some, some of the random shit you'll find my yearbook from like 2007 is in there. You know, I don't know why I left it in oh there. My but God. It's, you know, it's something that we would do, but yeah, <laughs> I guess like that... does. I don't, I don't think she goes, I don't know. I, don't, I think I'm the only person who does it that way. I don't think. You probably think I'm crazy. <laughs> You'd be like, no, I, yeah. Like I said, my, my sister is a big uh, collector of things. So like I, I, I'm been around that my whole life. Yeah. So I'm like the opposite. Like, I don't like to have a lot of um, stuff because yeah. I'm just so used to being mobile and moving around and never having like a permanent home. And um, so, you know, just more stuff means like, oh, there's just like little thing that I got to put somewhere and then move with me like somewhere else. And like, I used to collect like little rocks that I would get from like all around the world. That's cool. And then that, <laughs> that collection got too big and then it made, and then I forgot where the hell all the rocks were from. So I think I just like left them somewhere one day and I'm like, I don't think I need so to your box them. of rocks is somewhere. You just don't know where it is. Yeah. I don't know what happened to it. It's. I think I, yeah, I just like yeah. abandoned it one day. I'm just like, this doesn't, it doesn't have as much meaning anymore because I collected so many of them that I'm just like, what do I even do with this right now? Like, why am I, I don't know. Like I go every time, like I move or something, yeah. I'm like, I don't need this. Like, why do I have this? <laughs> yeah. That's so the only a- thing that I've really collected is, is gear. And like, I rarely get rid of gear. So, you know, I have, oh, like, yeah, all- yeah, of course. Just yeah, like that's... little things, like I'm, I like the, and I'm, and I mean like detailed receipts, like I like renting, uh, you know, uh, a D three, the Mighty Ducks, for for example, and it would be on oh, the receipt yeah. on like July of like 1998, you know. You should just make a scapbook of receipts. That's a great idea, actually. I'm seeing my yeah, brother tomorrow. instead of He's them actually... being like in bags or something somewhere, it should be like a you, like a remember... chronological scrapbook of receipts. And then pogs, do you remember those? Like the you. I remember the pogs. And... Yeah. I thought it was the most dumbest thing, and now and now I'm like thinking like, why did I get rid of those? Because I used to I used people to have would those. collect like the slammers and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that I remember was... too. Like um, you know, when I was a kid, like we would collect the like the Beanie Babies and stuff. And the Furbies. Oh, I didn't. Have Do you remember Furbies? Like I remember. I, yeah, in, in McDonald's, I think I didn't like those. those. Yeah, I think I Fur- didn't like them because they reminded me of like Gremlins. And when I was a kid, I used to be afraid of Gremlins. <laughs> so one thing I collected was so I'm a huge, uh, a huge Star Wars fan. Like it's 
I feel oh. like if, if if you get me started, you won't get me, you, you won't stop me. So I'll try to I'll try to contain as much as I can. But episode one was coming out in '99, right? And uh, Mountain Dew. I don't drink soda anymore, but Mountain Dew. Like when I was younger, I used to drink. I I was off the wazoo. Just I would just drink Mountain Dew. Like it was like a part of my diet at that point. Addicted. And, and they would and they would release the cans, and they would have the characters uh, on like on these cans, and you would have to collect them. The problem is you have to buy like a new pack every time. And they had like 12, 12 packs. So I would push my mom to like drive me to like a Walmart or like the nearest gas station. And I would just buy a pack of uh, Mountain Dew with my allowance. <laughs> and she's um, like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you're not going to drink all that. No, put it back. So I would just collect Mountain Dew cans. that had the Star Wars characters. It was so dumb. But it's oh like if, if you look at it now, people have collected them and looks it actually looks amazing. But a uh, true collector. <laughs> see, see, I don't do that much anymore. Like as far as collecting things these days, I, you know, I think I'm, I'm just like you. I don't really collect anything anymore. Like, cause I don't, even, I don't do the receipt thing anymore. Cause everything, like literally everything is saved digitally. You know, you don't digitally, to, yeah. It's, I don't know if that's a good thing or you know, but it's just like, you know, I still buy movies, records that's sitting in the corner of my room because I'm still oh, nice. old fashioned like that. But um, um, also, I, I know that you do Twitch as well. Yeah. Did you do Twitch in 2020? I can't remember if we went over this. But no, I, don't, I but... actually just started last year in August. So how has that been? How, has it, you know, has it been going okay? Like, was it kind of nerve wracking when you first started? Because, you know, obviously we've had, I remember I had a uh, Joe from Fit for an Autopsy and shout out to mm-hmm. Joe, another shout out. Great dude. Yeah. Um, Actually, he was on a couple of times. He was talking about Twitch and how he started, you know, gaming. And that was, that's a very, you know, a popular topic of discussion amongst you know music artists they would do gaming and then they would also stream their you know whatever they do on their instruments musically Mm -hmm. and that was like a good one-two punch for each of the musicians but you know nicole with twitch you know if you want to plug in your handle for everyone on here as well because i know it's something that you do a lot yeah of course it's my handle is just my first and last name okay nicole papastavru got it yeah it's just nicole papastavru um twitch and yeah i started uh last summer um, in August. Mm-hmm. And I really think Twitch kind of saved a lot of uh, musicians asses during sure the pandemic. Did. It sure did. You know, it was yeah. another like, um, it was another avenue of not just, um, you know, a little bit of revenue, but um, just a way to perform digitally for more of your fans, you know, and then uh, find new ones and just be discovered um, on Twitch in general. So, you know, for the longest time, Justin was like pushing me to to start streaming. And I just never thought like that I would be this kind of streaming type. I'm like, I don't know, you know, if I really have the personality for that. I'm kind of like a quiet person (laughs) and I don't I wouldn't really know what to say to people. Like, I don't know on the Internet. And can I tell you something weird? So so here's the thing. So obviously with our discussions, you and me, every time we speak, it's always good energy. When I'm yeah. like away from my, you know, interview in a fire family, the music family, I am reserved. Like I'm <laughs> like, if you find me in public, you probably, you probably, yeah, you'll see my long hair. You'll see like my facial, mm-hmm. my facial features, but I'm very quiet, very reserved. It's not like, it's not like this. Is that weird sometimes? Like, you know, like we're talking right now and it's like, yeah, like, like I remember you exactly when I spoke to you last time, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, once we step away from our you know, platform, it's like, okay, 
Cool. I get to. Yeah. And I feel like there's nothing really wrong with that. You know, Mm -hmm. you can still be like, and kind of an introvert, you know, on your own or in general, but then you could still be like a really personable, um, Mm -hmm. you know, person, like when you're one-on-one or when you're with your close friends and whatnot. Um, I'm definitely not like the loudest one in the crowd. Like, let's just say that my family calls me the mouse for a reason. Uh, uh, Real quick out of you four, uh, you know, uh, you, Zachy, JP and Chris, who's the most serious and who's the Who's the funniest? I guess who's like the one that out of you four is. <laughs> I would say um, JP is kind of like the the clown in the band okay. Okay. because he is just so quick witted and you know just just says stuff at the drop of a hat sometimes where I want to like spit out my drink. I'm just like like <laughs> how do you just come up with this stuff? You know, so you can always count on JP with like the one liners that will just like make you laugh. Um, I think actually pro- probably the most reserved person, um, is Zachy, I think. Yeah. I feel like you were going to tell, yeah. you were going to say his name because Zachy, yeah. uh, every time I see Zachy, he reminds me of like a, a high school friend. I went, uh, I went to high school, a friend I went to high school with, and it's like, <laughs> and, and I really love that about, you know, about him. He's very, he's also very humble. I feel like, and he is you know, and insanely like, talented. Holy shit. Like, yeah, I, I, he's I, one I, of those people that's like, you know, um, v- like, quiet but then when you get in a conversation with him like you can get in like a really deep and conversation with him you know yeah. I, not I, just I, like surface level stuff like yeah. you know he will really go into like the details of like how he's doing something or like something that he has, has inspired him or whatever like he's just one of those like deep thinkers you know what i mean yeah, I, I know we were talking about Twitch. We kind of veered off into the subject, but yeah. I, think, I, I think it's important though because you, with you, Zachy, and I'll put myself in here too as well because it's like, yeah, we're quiet and reserved, but when we're actually in our element, it's like a we let off so much stress, so much steam. Like maybe we've kind of just held that inside, you know? Because it's yeah. like you know, you know, we're humans. You know, we there. I feel mm-hmm. like mental health is a big part about you know i mean i know i'm no stranger to it you know it's this is a release for me getting the chance it to is. speak with you and and zachy i feel like he does not get enough recognition like his 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 riffs like the the stuff that he comes up with i'm like how the hell is not they're not like a metal injection article on just him you know or revolver know. like it's and by the way next time bring him on because i want him to talk about all stuff, Zachy, because I feel like he needs. Yeah, to- <laughs> I wish he he could have been here, but he had he's at actually a Cirque du Soleil concert with his girlfriend oh, right now. OK, that's that's priorities. That's priorities. so. Yeah. Right. I, otherwise, like, you know, I would have like invited him to be on with me. Yeah. And I was I was actually planning on asking you to have him with me. Of course. Um, and then he told yeah. me yesterday, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to I got to go to the Cirque du Soleil. I'm like, oh, well, I guess that's not going to work out. <laughs> it's all good. It's podcast, all good. Then. <laughs> we, we still have our thing going on, but it's yeah. of course I, I would love to have Zachy on, you know, um, whenever yeah. he wants. You, you, and of course, you can always reach out to me whenever you want to do that down the road. Awesome. But yeah. For, for, but, but, yeah but for Twitch, you know, I, that was the topic of discussion. It's yeah, it, it's good to see that you've been building an audience, right? Yeah. And Twitch has like really been great because it kind of took me out of that comfort zone and like, um, I guess performing on a more, uh, personal level, Mm -hmm. you know, because it really does feel like you're kind of like in a room with, um, 
you know, a bunch of your, your fans and friends, and then just like some random people that are just kind of watching you and not saying anything either. But what's awesome is that the community that I've built and that, you know, you know, a lot of artists have built on Twitch just become like your people and you get to know them like on a more personal level, they start to get to know each other. People start making friends with each other. And it's been the most awesome and supportive community that I've, I've ever had um, digitally, you know, because I feel like things can just be so or feel really disconnected through like Instagram Mm -hmm. or YouTube, because you're just kind of like putting all this work into creating a piece of content. And then you're just like posting it. And then you're like, all right, well, who's going to like it or just like people comment something. And it's very like um, one way. uh, It just doesn't feel as authentic to me, you know? And I've never felt like, oh, I got to like spill all this stuff about my personal life on my feed to try and uh, seem more relatable and personable with people and, you know, be just commenting back and forth. Like it just didn't really seem very authentic to me. Um, But doing Twitch kind was kind of a turning point because I feel like, oh, I'm actually like, I'm talking to these people in a live setting. I'm answering their questions as they're asking me. And we're just having a conversation in a room. And then I happen to be playing, you know, some of my songs or like some covers and, you know, we're talking about other things too, like other than music. And it just feels more real. You know what I mean? I feel like you don't accidentally end up on Twitch, you know, people who are there are, are people who want to be there, you know, because yeah. the, the Twitch is a Twitch is a community that people who actually care about the product that they are coming after, you know, mm-hmm. and you're showing dedication to your craft, Nicole, and people are seeing that. So I think that's, a, that's really cool. Cause in YouTube, yeah. You, you Instagram, Facebook, you just stumble upon something, you know? Yeah. But, but and Twitch, it's very planned out. Like, you know, a lot of it is kind of polished um, content when, you know, on Twitch, everything is just live. And of course, yeah. you know, naturally in the be- beginning, I was so nervous. I'm just like, Oh, like, I I don't feel rehearsed enough on this song. Or like, what if I like fuck up and all these people are watching and they're going to think I suck or something. And now I'm just like, you know, I'm so much more comfortable because I'm like, oh yeah, who cares? Like if you flub a note or like you forget part of this fucking cover or some shit, like no one really cares. Like you're kind of just having fun and like laughing it off and, and really just having a good time. Like, you know, performing and, and actually connecting with people, you know, digitally, but it feels like IRL, right? Yeah. It's, it it's live and it's, it's real, you know, it's in the moment. And, and we're, we're thinking about joining Twitch ourselves. Like when we do these podcasts, these you interviews. should, you should. <laughs> oh my God. You, you, 100%. you, 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 and like, maybe like 100 other people are, are saying the same thing to me. Like, Sonny, you, you need have to, to you have to do it. <laughs> Like yeah, Ali Death just started doing it. And yeah, I, I watched I, I that podcast. Like they were I like, watched that podcast too. And we're like, oh, we should have done this like so like a while ago. And I'm like, yeah, because 
then you have people watching in real time and having their own conversation. And then you're, st- you're kind of like killing two birds with one stone. You're still recording everything. Yeah, very true. And then you're and- still going to upload it again later to wherever you upload your podcast to. So it's just another outlet for people to um, discover the podcast and then watch it live. And then there's live commentary on it too. You're going to be my first guest on there. I've done maybe <laughs> I've done maybe 500 interviews like it's uh, and uh, you know, it's I got to look into this because it's uh, yeah. it, it is something that I, I've pitched. OK, I pitched this idea like to my you know teammates and they're like, yeah, we should definitely look into it now. It's like I feel like you're like the last like, you know, person to like push like now it's like I'm getting this perspective from you and. I mean, you brought some brought some really good points, some beneficial to you know the artists, not only the artists, but even to ourselves, you know, to our outlet. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's really, but Twitch is definitely now. Now I got to think of like a username or something to, you know, uh, all these I mean, all this stuff. It's it's gonna be really cool. Like when I when I get a chance to sit down, it's like oh my gosh, you may get a DM for me, and be like, can you help me? <laughs> something like that, just a heads up. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, like when you first start streaming, there's just so many like little technical things that I, it was kind of a nightmare for me in the beginning because I don't feel like I'm the best like person with computers and like routing and, you know, troubleshooting when it comes to that kind of stuff. (laughs) So for me personally, it was kind of a nightmare and, you know, Justin helped me set everything up and kind of taught me how everything works. So now like when I do have an issue, I kind of like know like the steps to, to take, to just troubleshoot things and figure out what's, what's wrong. But everybody that streams will probably tell you the same thing. There's just so many little things that you have to like consider and just so many things that can go wrong. So, and the only way you're going to find out is when they go wrong and then you got to figure out how to fix them. Hey, that's, that's a good thing too. If you, you gotta, you know, build up to where you're at. Like if you don't make mistakes, I feel like you don't learn. So that's, that's oh, a really absolutely. cool thing. So, so mm-hmm. you're going to be my like first endorser on that. So we'll, we'll uh, I'll keep you posted. Yeah. Now- yeah. It'd be, be great. I mean, like I also like earlier this year, I did a, um, I did a fundraiser on Twitch, um, for, uh, one of, um, you know, the people yes, that you- my Twitch channel all the time. Yeah. Um, I remember this too. I think, yeah, I, don't, I, did I, think it for I think I donated. I'm, I'm not, I can't Murdoch fest. Yeah. And it was, was for, I remember that. Yeah. It was for Murray from severed savior. And, um, he's been such a big supporter to the metal community on Twitch. So I kind of wanted to do something to give back a little bit. And so I asked him, I'm like, Oh, is there, um, like a charity or like research that you would, you know, like mm-hmm. to, um, for me to, you know, build a lineup and um donate to like a really good cause and then he said yeah for diabetes research so i'm like yeah, okay that's i'm like, I feel like that's yep. really relatable and uh so i had you know a couple friends help me pick the right foundation and um you know someone that really helped me with it was uh matt from shades of black because he's also a type one diabetic as well yeah. And so he told me, oh you should um you should do it for DRI, you know, diabetes research institute. So I set everything up. I had um, my manager at Twitch um, help me set up like the the Tiltify the account so that all the money funnels through that and just goes directly to um, DRI and yeah. uh, got a really, really cool lineup. I mean, Josh Travis was on it. Scott Carstairs, Justin was there. 
um, Max from Anomalous, so many awesome people, Mega Mike Drummer. Like I can't even shout out everyone because it was just such an awesome lineup. Um, and we ended up raising over $5,000 in a day, you know, and this is from like death metal community. So who would have, who would have thought, right. It was my first one. I I do remember I donated like $10. I remember that. Yeah. And DRI found out about it and like they, they contacted me and I, and they like ended up putting me in their newsletter or something, which I didn't even contact them to say that I was doing anything. We were just doing it. Man. So it was cool that they found out and, you know, they, they were super stoked about that. Cause a lot of people do fundraisers and whatnot on, on Twitch. And, um, I think they didn't realize like, you know, the kind of impact that, you know, our small like death metal community could, could have. So it was, that was really awesome. I'm so happy. It also gives you exposure to the community. So uh, like you just said, I think that's, that's a really cool thing to see. And my, my grandma had diabetes. And my mom is a uh, pre-diabetic. So, and my cousin also has diabetes. So that runs in my family. So that, so I yeah. remember, I remember I was seeing that and I was like, okay, yeah, this is something that I want to, I want to give attention to. And mm-hmm. um, now speak, I know we stopped speaking of like endorsements, right? I know again, last time I spoke to you, you had it, your, you last summer, actually, let me, let me reset. Cause I spoke to you about your endorsement with Jackson guitars last yeah. summer. Uh, tell me about your custom jackson nicole because oh about yeah. a year after you joined uh the family for people who don't know she's now she's endorsed by jackson you know marty freeman phil demel gus g uh scott ian mm-hmm. jeff loomis i mean that list goes on and on that was a huge yeah. step for you in your career and yeah it was and, yeah since then you released that video of your jackson guitar last summer did you have plans for a custom guitar when you first joined jackson or was Absolutely. that something that developed <laughs> later okay no, yeah. that was like the first, the first plan for when I even joined Jackson. Because I was with it, do you have it with you? before, huh? Do you have it with you anywhere? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, grab was, it? I was going to ask you if you could grab it, but I don't know if it was because you're in the studio. So yeah, yeah, it's actually right next door. I can, I can I, totally I grab it. it just yeah. A yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm like texting my team. Like we should create a Twitch right now. Like right, right now I'm in texting. Them. Oh yeah, you do. <laughs> Like you right, should have done that like yeah. yesterday. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm saying. We should have created a Twitch like yesterday. Um, yeah. And, and I'm going to let them know. All right. That is sick. There it is. Okay. So, you know, I, I'm going to ask about that because it's an eight string, if I'm not mistaken, right? Is yeah. the, is it, um, is it lower or are one of the strings like higher? No, they're two lower strings. Two so lower strings. it's like yeah. just standard tuning, like a six string guitar. And then there's a low B and a low E. So we have two different yeah. tunings in the band. And uh, one of them is just a drop E. So the, the low string is E and then B and then standard. And then our second tuning that we use is just the low E and then it's A. So essentially it's kind of like a drop, a double drop tuning. Yeah. So it's so- E and then A, yeah. And so here's, here's the thing, because I want you to educate me because I am, I don't play guitar. I mean, I play violin and bass, but at the bottom, towards the bottom of a uh, uh, past your neck and towards the body of the guitar, there's a, I don't know what the term, but there's like a, a kind of like a, like at the, if you show me, I can, I can actually show you what it is. <laughs> you go down like to like at the end, the other end, the other end. Oh, here. Yeah. The, yeah. That at the bottom, what was what's that called? Because that was a oh big the, com- the bridge. Yeah. yeah, is that the is that what that was called? Because there was a big component that you mentioned about how 
the sound that it, that comes out is the one you prefer specifically? Oh, so, well, there is a unique feature on this guitar. Yeah. I actually put a piezo pickup in it. So wow. the, the okay. piezo pickup and um, preamp is actually in the bridge. Um, so there's a knob right here mm -hmm. where I can just switch to my piezo pickup, which bypasses these two DiMarzio pickups. And it comes out like um, it gives a very acoustic sound. So it sounds like an acoustic guitar and you can kind of hear all the little nuances like the, the finger so, the finger noise, everything. You can also blend both of them. So you can have a blend of the piezo with the um, the DiMarzio pickups as well. And it'll actually be a little bit louder that way. So question, the piezo sound that you just talked about. In that video, there is an acoustic section. It says Collius, but it's an unreleased song. I heard that. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Somewhere yeah. in there. And is that a song? Because I heard that line. I was like, this is amazing like is this an i was like looking through like your discography yeah, it's, a, it's part of an album song it's just a little okay. riff so it's not released yet right nope oh, okay so you see my excitement here so it's that's yeah. that's really cool to see um mm -hmm. yeah it you know it, i was you know ask about like custom you know when it comes to that like of course the tools that you get with your custom guitar you couldn't get with other guitars right you have specifically made for way yeah. you want it to sound you know how did you how long did that take you did you you already had the specs laid out like before um yeah i had most of the specs laid out and then of course um you know i discussed everything with uh, my builder at the custom shop joe williams um and you know we kind of like worked out all the details and and of course i asked his opinions on things like you know do you think this is going to work here do you think this these woods are going to sound good together um you know he's he's the master builder i'm just yeah. a person with like an idea of what I think it's going to sound like and like what I want it to look like too. So he kind of like, um, you know, makes that a reality for me and tells me like, Oh, well, this is, this is what it's actually going to do. Or like, this is something that I would recommend instead or, or whatever. So he's been really, really awesome to work with. And him and my rep were super excited for like all the ideas that I put into this guitar because a lot of them had never been done on a Jackson guitar before. Really? So okay. all of this was new. Like, um, you know, the I love I love uh, the the finishing on the on the neck. Like, just the it, it's like looks like it was just torn from like a tree trunk and just like yeah. The that's really the fingerboard cool. is pale moon ebony. It's actually a really rare. Um, it's a rare wood um, for the fingerboard. So this was kind of yeah. like the one of the hardest things to find you know so wow. um it was that and then of course like the the inlaid uh pit guard the flushed pit guard mm -hmm. so that's just a piece of ebony that's completely flush with the body and so the body cool. is is also one piece of wood so it's not book matched either it's just one piece that is so rad yeah i, I want to give you a chance to talk about it. i know there's only one video of it but i think it's an important piece of who you are how much yeah. of that has to do with uh, chimp's banner um oh the the guitar yeah like i know that's one of your biggest influences right? uh none of it oh really it's an eight string yeah because <laughs> <laughs> the sound right because you want to get the sound out so i feel like um i don't know if you so it's so no like influence or anything like that this is just something that you just no yeah i had okay. i had been designing guitars um even before that like oh, with cool. uh with yeah. luteria rocks that was the company i was with before 
So I like already got used to, um, you know, specking out guitars and kind of learning about the woods and the measurements and everything. Um, so this, I essentially just, you know, specked out what would be my dream guitar because when I, when I came on to Jackson, um, you know, I already had the same rep from EVH. So the relationship was there and, you know, essentially why, um, I, I moved there. Cause I'm a person that's more about, you know, building relationships and everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my rep was like, he's like, Oh, well, he's like, you know, if you come to Jackson, like, we're gonna, like, we don't really have anything for you. We're gonna have to build you something custom. And I'm like, absolutely. (laughs) I'm like, that's what I had in mind anyway. You know, like I'm kind of like a custom kind of girl, you know, so that's really cool to see. Yeah. I wanted to see that, like, hopefully, you know, get to see it in person when you guys do tour and that's, I love the, I love that guitar. So, um, do you have a name for that guitar? Like, have you named um, it? Yeah, I didn't really like publicly name it or anything, but um, I just decided to call it Mati, which uh, means I in Greek. Um, and I named it that because I, I put a mountain, like a snow-capped mountain inlay on the 12th fret. I was going to ask and, what that was. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's a, it's a mountain made of um, abalone and then it's snow-capped with mother of pearl. And then coincidentally that is sick yeah coincidentally on the wood yeah there happened to be two uh like little nodules in the pale moon that looked like eyes that were watching over the mountain so when i saw that i was like no way like like there's literally an eye right here and then there's another eye right here and then the mountain is in the middle i'm like that's that can be coincidence. Like those are, those are eyes looking over, like watching over the mountain. That is so cool. So I am like, this is like, it's, it's Mati, like the, um, I'm sure you've seen it in other cultures as well. Like the Mm -hmm. blue, they call it the evil eye. It it wards off the evil eye. And it's just like a little blue eye. A lot of people wear it in jewelry on necklaces or like decorative things. Um, I think it's in like, um, it's in a lot of like Turkish culture, Middle Eastern culture, and then Greek culture as well. It's interpreted in so many different cultures, like the protective eye that's like watching over something. So that is so cool, man, man, I, I, I I didn't even see that. I saw the, I saw there was like a, a color of white and gray in there. I didn't. Mm I didn't even bother to ask about that, but, uh, but yeah, and that is so, and that's like so well detailed too. I'm seeing, I'm, I'm, I know it's just virtual, but Mm -hmm. man, that is an eye, Nicole. That's like, (laughs) yeah, it's like two little eyes. Just that's, that's that's pretty awesome. Wow. Mati. All right. I'm glad I'm glad I was like, she has to name it. And I was looking like toward and like somewhere in the comments or in the description, it said, no, Jackson, uh, Jackson customs. Like, no, she has to name it. There has to be a name for this. Yeah. Mati. So that, that's really cool. Now, I saw Mati on no cover. So that, that no cover uh, appearance that you had just recently, you know, that experience, like, you know, how did all that start? You know, did you feel any pressure at all while we were on the show? You know, what were your hopes going into this whole thing for anyone who doesn't know, this is like a, almost like a reality type of show, no cover about, um, I think the band moves on to the next round. It's just about just getting a band up to where they want to get. Right. Yeah. It's like a contest. It's kind of like the voice, but, um, for bands playing their original music, um, competing for a record deal and like, um, I think a booking contract, it's like all sorts of stuff Yeah, um, and- with first Sumerian records. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah judges like was, Alice Cooper and Lazy Hale. Uh, yeah, the judges. Tosin to to was there. Like holy shit. Tosin. Yeah, so that was the the panel of judges. It was uh, Tosin Abasi, um, Bishop Briggs, Lizzie Hale, Alice Cooper, and Gavin Rossdale. Man, was so, that was that kind of nerve wracking seeing just all them like sitting in a row or just? It know, was a little weird because the room yeah. is just like quiet, and then you just go up there and then you yeah. play one song, and then you're just like, "All right, judge me," <laughs> you know. So I <laughs> I'd, I'd never done anything like that before. Um, and we, uh, you know, we got invited to be on the show, um, because they, they wanted, um, like an instrumental metal band, um, you know, probably because Tosin is on the show and yeah. plays an instrumental metal band. Um, so, you know, it kind of, kind of makes sense, but yeah, initially, like, it's not something I would have ever thought to like sign up for on our own. So when we got the invitation to do it, I'm just like, oh, like, okay, well, you know, we're, we're invited and mm -hmm. um, this would just be like a really good opportunity. It's not like we can play shows right now. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, this was, when was this? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. When was the shot? This was filmed in February of 2021. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I thought this was something. And it was, was originally just... supposed to be in 2020. So they had to keep postponing it like month after month. And then finally it happened in uh, February, 2021. Um, so, you know, the guys flew out to LA and they were there for like, I don't know, like four or five days or something. Um, and, you know, we played the, the one song. We had no idea what was going to happen. We were just told like, oh yeah, you're going to be like on the first like episode or two. Um, we didn't know like how, if we we're going to like advance or really what the plan was. So we just kind of showed up and like played the song and um, they, you know, a lot of the judges kind of said the same thing in the sense that, oh, like we hear like vocals over your stuff. I think you guys should put vocals on it. And we're like, well, we're, you know, we're an instrumental band. And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, Ash from Sumerian was like, you know, well, you know, we already have two instrumental bands on our label. So we're not really sure like what we can do for you. So that's why we're kind of like, you know, trying to give you this advice of like, oh, you should add vocals to your music. And, and then he just asked us, are you, you know, have you ever been opposed to that? And we're like, no, like we never, it's not that we were opposed to it. It's just that we started this as an instrumental project because the songs that we had already um, weren't tailored for vocals. They, they had a lot of like shredding on them and you know, the, the lead guitar was kind of like the, the main melody of the songs. Um, so, you know, we kind of reevaluated after everything. They tried to set us up with someone else on the sh another vocalist on the show. Yeah. I saw that episode and I was like, huh, really? Like, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't really happening. Yeah. Um, but you know, after that, we're just kind of like, I, I can't remember the order of events. If we, if right after that, we were thinking like, okay, like maybe we should look for like a vocalist. And I think we were talking to a few people that were going to do it, but they were just being really flaky. And at that point, I'm just like, all right, like, what's it going to take for us to just get this done ourselves? I'm like, I know Chris sings, like he's already classically trained um, singer. Yeah. He knows how to sing. He does like, he has a solo project that he sings over. So I'm like, okay, he's capable. 
I'm like, we just need, you know, metal vocals too, because obviously we have kind of like these death metal riffs as well. Um, and that would be weird to have singing over that. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just, I'll just learn. I'll just learn how to scream. You know, how hard could it be? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and you nailed it, it by the way, <laughs> much harder than I thought. Um, so, you know, I, I hit up, um, you know, Rasta from decapitated cause I knew he was doing vocal lessons and, and all that. And, and I told him like, yo, like I have this, I got to record this single in like a couple months, you know, I, I need your help. And he's like, Oh, don't worry. Like I'm going to train you and like help you, you know, get ready to record this. So I'm super lucky that like he made the time to just do like a few lessons with me and just get me, you know, ready to, to track. Um, and, you know, fast forward now we're, we're on our third, um, our third single off the record with vocals from me and Chris. And personally, I feel like it's, it's getting better like each time because even like my band members are saying that they've heard my voice evolve in a year when I'm just thinking like, shit, I'm still like a beginner at this. Like I just started doing this like a little over a year ago. And I'm still like shaping my voice, but now things are feeling a lot more effortless. And I feel like I've found like a couple voices that work for me and, um, it's, it's just become a lot, a lot easier. Like I'm not, um, struggling like I was before to complete lines and, um, you know, do a bunch of takes to like, um, to get something that was usable. Um, you know, and I, tracked vocals for the record um when i was out here last month we were doing every song in like one to two takes so i felt like okay i must have like i did something right like i was practicing a lot and then everything just is just sounding consistent now and like falling into place one to two takes is pretty good nicole i mean if you're getting the song done and that many and you know and you've been what doing this for just maybe a little bit over a year is getting, yeah. getting the harsh vocals out. And I, you know, mm-hmm. it's, I, I remember there was a question on, uh, I don't know who, I think Ash asked you this. I can't remember on no cover. If it was something along the lines of, if you're dead set on being an instrumental band and yeah. the answer was no. So, mm-hmm. and there's a band out there. Just, uh, there's a band called Caspian. I don't know if you've heard of them. Heard of them. Uh, they have five albums. They're mostly an instrumental band, but their latest one, they added vocals to it. Oh, uh, and, you know, and as I was hearing their previous albums after that, I was like, oh, huh, they could have done it on the previous albums as well. So it's it's really cool to see the evolve, like uh, how you guys have evolved, Collius, into where you are now. And by the way, Collius means beauty in Greek, for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, now, the Dark Machine, I'm going to get to that right now because... Now this is the is this the third song off the upcoming record? The other two were yeah. um disembodied super existence. Massive. Super massive, yeah. yeah. Super massive and disembodied existence. Yeah. And then this also is the follow-up to the fourth phase, which I freaking love that EP. Um yeah. I think I mentioned this already. Now, the press release you sent me, Nicole, the first thing that said on that press release was formerly instrumental prog metal quartet. Mm-hmm. You know, your current vocal situation, would you say that's permanent? You know, it, it like is making vocals a permanent part of your sound now would you is that safe to yes. say yeah that, yes that's, i yeah. do um but that also doesn't mean that um there might not be some longer instrumental sections or uh, yeah. you know an instrumental song or two on the record 
but as far as like incorporating vocals um for the majority of the stuff Mm -hmm. um yeah now i went back and heard the fourth phase i loved it then i still love it now you know i i love it when the sound feels fresh even after a couple of years i feel like that's a good formula again i'm just a fan out there nice. but i feel like now i don't know what you can cannot say about this nicole can these sets of songs and i mean dark machine disembodied and super massive can this serve as a sneak peek into what's to come on the next Collius album or are we just barely scratching the service here mm. <laughs> putting on the spot as if i haven't it's... been putting on the spot already this on this podcast yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's um, it's definitely a good sneak peek of what's to come because um, I feel like those songs all kind of have something a little bit different, um, but there's going to be a lot more unexpected surprises. I love it because too. as far as like progressive death metal, you know, technical uh aspects in there i feel like you guys are providing a breath of fresh air into this genre because there's so many bands coming into the scene it gets a little convoluted in that room you know but you guys i feel like you guys are actually standing out amongst those bands and Mm -hmm. uh you know and and as i was thinking about this i had this discussion with again with a friend of mine the other day the word gent you know i'm thinking about that word labeling that i'm yeah see see that's the thing it's a bit like older than 10 years i remember like how do you feel about that genre name gent because i remember when i first heard the song i i think most of us are on the same boat here is bleed from a once that song dropped in 2008 i remember i heard this term like gent like what dg dj ent what the hell and i would like <laughs> like look it up on on like reddit and like facebook groups and like yeah this is the new like genre like these kids like just like started like calling it that and then Meshuga, i remember jens or, or friedrich whoever it was they're like we just want to make the music we want to make i don't know anything about gent you know it was like even the bands had no idea it's yeah i want to know your take on this nicole because i feel like i feel like you agree with me like it's a it's a controversial yeah. like genre but a lot of people are like like what do we really need to label it that it's you know you know i i think it's i think it's <laughs> controversial because Yes, um, someone decided to uh, create a genre based off of one band. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> so ridiculous. We, it does sound ridiculous. But at the same time, you know, where did death metal come from? Mm-hmm. It came from the band Death. Yeah. Right. So we already true. we already did that. So I don't know why. Like, I guess it's it's totally OK for that. But then when people started saying gent and um, I don't know, is the other way I've heard the word like fall go around. I don't know if it's the same that's, thing or if it's a different I've, style. I've never seen, see, that's new that. to me. I've never even heard of that. I've just seen those <laughs> words, that lingo thrown around. And I'm just like, I, I can't keep up anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so, it, it, they have these groups on like Facebook, like gent fans. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. stop it already. <laughs> yeah, I get it. And it does, it does derive um, from Meshuggah. I, I will never use that word to describe um, like any of our, our music or even like describe other bands, you know, because yeah. I just, I feel like it's kind of unoriginal to, to use that term, you know, like it's, it's all metal at the end of the day. And then whatever like subgenres or categories or bands you're, you're trying to describe your music as, because, you know, it's very natural for for humans to want to familiarize something with something else because it makes you feel like, oh yeah, it kind of sounds like 
this and with a little bit of that. And like, it helps you to understand what you're listening to and sometimes describe it to Mm -hmm. someone else who you want to understand what you're trying to show them. Right. So I do, I do feel that. Um, but I also feel like it gets that word gets thrown around and misconstrued as like, Oh, you play an eight string. You must be like in a jet jet band band. or something Mm -hmm. like that. So you're just like, why even have an eight string? Cause you're just playing that one string and you know, and that's, I've heard that before. And if anyone like has ever, you know, left a snarky comment like that, or like, you know, said it to my face or something, I'm like, I'm like, well, actually like we use pretty much all eight strings in like every single song. Yeah. Listen to the songs that you guys do. And, you know, and there's uh, like clean guitar parts as well, you know, so it's actually a lot more dynamic than like, you know, making that gent sound on one string. (laughs) It's a little, it's a little bit ignorant, you know what I yeah. mean? Gent so, sound. It's you know, weird. No, it's no still weird to, me today. to anyone that that's of course. comfortable and wants to like, yeah. If you um, want to start your own music, group, that, please go ahead and do that. No, I'm, that's I'm not fine. That. You can describe your music however, however you want. But I just, I, I don't, I guess I don't like other people who assume that that's what it is mm. and that's what it sounds like. And that that's all, that's the only way you're using this extended range instrument. I feel like metal is a genre that only has that type of thing. Like I don't, I don't see it in country or rap or, you know, hip, you know, hip hop or, you know, it's like pop, you know, it's like, it's like, the, it's like, what are, what are the sub genres in there? You I don't know. know. You know I, I've never so heard anything like that. You know? uh, and, and I feel like it's the same thing. Like with Justin, like, I feel like he hates the word tech. And like, I've had this conversation. We've had these conversations together where yeah. like he talks about the word tech And then I talk about like the word gent and like how we hate those words. And then I'm trying to understand, you know, his point of view where I'm like, you know, but like your music is technical and like the word tech doesn't Mm -hmm. come from like a band or anything, you know, it's just like a a term to describe, like, it's like saying something, oh, we're like ambient metal or something. Or like technical <laughs> metal, right? Or yeah. grind or something. Experimental like that. metal. That could mean literally anything. Any I know any, that really I feel could, like any band could just come out and say, We're an experimental band. It's like it could mean Oh, anything. okay. And then people act like, oh, okay, I get it. No, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not no, that. it's funny. He's he's like, Oh, it's it's just it's just death metal. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but it's not like, you know, I don't know, oh, it's not well. like deicide, like it's like a yeah. little bit more, it's a little bit more technical than that. Yeah. So you want to like really pinpoint it to, <laughs> to yeah, like this specific genre. So, you know, to each their own. Yeah. I feel like we're getting more specific as, as the timeline rolls along, but I, it's just, I feel like we're just old fashioned metalheads here yeah. <laughs> having a discussion. It's, you know, like there, nothing's really like original mm-hmm. anymore. And like everything that we think is original, like derived from an idea that was, heard from something else or seen or experienced you know it's not always like oh you're influenced by these bands that you listen to although i do think we're all kind of a product of our record collection but it's also just like you know it could be sounds that you hear in nature or experiences that you have that make you um you know feel a certain way and think of a certain sound or a tone or whatever you know the inspiration can come from so many different things 
Uh, Nicole, you can see the grin on my face because I'm I'm thinking about that time when you said um, when <laughs> when you first released Collier's music. I love this story, by the way. I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough. It's when fans would come in and tell you, "Oh, this sounds like Opeth." Like, they would just come back and repeatedly tell you, "Like, who the hell is Opeth?" Like, I don't. And then you went and then you listened. I don't know what song it oh, was. Oh, that yeah, yeah, that happened with my first instrumental band, Meridium. Yeah, see, that's that's so I love that story. And then you went and listened to open, you're like, holy shit, this this is a compliment. Like, oh, you know? yeah, then... <laughs> that's this is like my new favorite band. I'm like, okay, yeah. I get it. <laughs> is, is your favorite album still? Um, um, gosh dang it, you told me this. Why am I forgetting? I don't know if we can pick um, a favorite album. No, but you can't. Discoveries is definitely that's not what you said. <laughs> you I think said, last time, said, I think said, last um, time I said, um, what did I say? What did I say? Like watershed or something? No, no. Uh, go further back. It's uh, it was like, how, see, see what I'm saying though. It's like you, you can't, can't pick really a, pick yeah, one. Yeah, and and I really like you know uh, I really like Del- deliverance. Whatever that album that's off of. I really love my arms, your earth. That's a great album too. That's yeah, like one of the it's first. It's so hard albums. to just pick one. Blackwater Park. Kind of you, mood you, 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 like... said, you said Blackwater Park. I remember that. Oh and, yeah, I yeah. did. And then, yes, and then you're I right. picked. I picked a whole different one, but then you're like, yeah. I, I see thought you picked this. Ghost Reveries. I picked Ghost Reveries, and then you. And then I said Blackwater Park. Blackwater Park, and then obviously and now I don't know if I could choose between the two. Can I ask you this? Do you listen to the later albums? I do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I do too. I know their sound has changed, but it's still open. And then I I, feel I like... love it. It's a whole. It's just a different experience. Yeah. You know? So yeah, and and I love that story because you went you went and listened to Opeth because you've never heard of Opeth and you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. And they <laughs> they became. Yeah. Your I knew who band. they were, but I just didn't yeah. like you know like you know who bands are for like the longest time, but you yeah. never actually like dive in and and listen True. to their records. So and, I and finally I did, and I'm that. like, okay, I guess I'm a late Opeth fan. <laughs> I yeah, I think I was. I listened to them about like 2008. That was around the time when Watershed came out. Oh, and, okay. uh, and that's when I just like, holy shit, this this is crazy. No one's doing it the way they're doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but anyway, I I just love that story, like Meridium, and then yes. <laughs> how you discovered. Uh, now with this new record, Nicole, was this also done at Redshift? or because yeah it's kind of a combination it really is just like a hodgepodge because um Mm -hmm. Zachy like originally we started tracking everything at redshifts with him and then he switched studios and now um we're at cinderella man studios Mm -hmm. um which is where the remainder of the drums were recorded um and my vocals uh and Zachy's guitars everything else i've just been sending di's to Zachy. Okay. Um, and same thing like with, with the bass and uh, Chris tracked his own vocals, like at his house. I mean, he's an engineer too. So um, yeah. he has like his own home studio and um, the record is uh, going to be mixed by Zach Oren at Castle Ultimate. Very so cool. he actually, he mixed this last uh, single, the dark machine. Yeah. And it sounds, it's a thing of beauty. Uh, now I mentioned, I, I, I remember I told you that I was trying to, make my way up there to see you guys the reason why i can't is because obviously we have you know i have, I have family matters to take care of here but i'm yeah i was i was really doing my best to come see you guys because i really want to see you guys in like in person performing uh-huh. live um i'm going to oklahoma instead so, so oh yeah. really oklahoma is so exciting no one ever says that <laughs> oh I was like, <laughs> my, my like brother lives there so, so yeah my brother lives there so we're gonna go out to oklahoma for okay uh, i think it's nice. like next, next week we're gonna head out there so 
that's why. So hopefully, you know, nice. down the down the line, we can arrange something where either you guys come here, which I'll help you guys do that, or um, you're based in LA, right? I come to LA a lot. I am. So yeah. uh, LA is like my second home. I was there last oh. year. I, I always come every year, but I'll reach out to you now. Yeah, definitely. Real quick, you, this song, uh, "The Dark Machine." I, I think I'm quoting you here. It's about winter strength and the commitment to in the Alpine. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. You mentioned you've done a lot of climbing, which I've seen in your stories and posts on social media. I want to know about this because you, the footage that I've seen of you climbing, it's so cinematic to me, so surreal. Like, like, <laughs> like I've always wanted to do something like that. You're, you're climbing these massive walls, like either they're glaciers or just a mountain, like Tell me how you got into this, like, you know, and what is your favorite spot you have climbed, Nicole? And what's your best climbing story? I, I think that I should like put myself on mute because I feel like there's a lot that you can add to this because like, this <laughs> is a big part of who you are. It's also I feel like it's also a release for you as far as like just it is, yeah, getting out there and just like doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Aside from the music, aside from the personal life, I feel like that's also a segue for you to get away from everything. Yeah, it, it totally is like a way for me to just completely. um disconnect and just be in the moment. And I think that's why I fell in love with it so much is because, you know, you're really full, like when you're up there in that vertical environment, you're, you have to be 100% focused on like Mm. what's in front of you and with as little error possible. Right. Because it's like your, your, your life is on the line and you you know how to use this equipment, but if you, you know, get kind of distracted or, you know, you're fumbling around with stuff or you're just like not confident, then, you know, there's a little bit of like risk involved. Right. Um, so just I a little climbing, bit. huh? <laughs> just a little bit of risk. <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes it's the risk yeah. is greater and sometimes yeah. it's, um, you know, irrational fear at the same time because you can fall and the rope will yeah. catch you. Like, holy you shit. Might get a like, I, I think, I think about that all the time. Like when I see you climb, like, Oh my gosh. Like I like obviously you're posting the video so that means you're alive. So Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just it's really cool like what you do like as far as like I I I want to do that someday. I have no fear of heights by the way. I've been oh, sky, nice. I've been skydiving. Yeah, most people times, do. So. so that's the first um, step. If you're not afraid of heights then it, it it'll probably be like a really cool experience. Otherwise it could be like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so when I saw that about the meaning of the dark machine, the commitment in the Alpine, I feel like, does that relate to what you're doing out there when you're climbing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, that song particularly is, um, is about ice climbing and um, just how like equally committing you know, ice climbing can be mm-hmm. um, sometimes even more committing than rock climbing because you're dealing with, um, unstable conditions. Yeah. So it's like, you need to, you need to know how to read those conditions and then you need to know what to do. Um, you know, if, if those conditions happen to go against you, <laughs> Yeah. so, That's... you know, a, a lot of like disasters that happened, um, you know, are things that we don't think of, um, beforehand, um, and, and something that we may have not dealt with before. So we don't have the experience. Right. So it has to like happen to you to realize, oh my God, if this happens again, now I know what to do. Right. So, you know, I've, yeah. I've definitely had a lot of, a lot of those experiences in climbing and, um, I've been lucky enough to have a lot of, um, you know, mentors, um, w- with both rock climbing and, and ice climbing. And, you know, one of, 
one of my biggest mentors and best partners ice climbing is um, one of my good friends, Matt Tuttle um, from Salt Lake City. And we, uh, you know, we climb in Utah a lot together. Like we've gone to, um, you know, Cody, Wyoming, which in the song I actually reference uh, when I talk about the winter dance. I'm actually referencing the name of um, the ice climbing guidebook in Cody. So I'm kind of saying like, you know, let's, let's do the winter dance. And that's like one of the biggest areas in North America, um, concentrated ice climbs is in, is in Cody. And one of my favorite places to, to ice climb. So that kind of like hit home and, um, you know, of course the, the name of the song itself, the dark machine is, is a direct reference to, uh, the name of the ice axes that I use, the tools is what we call them. Holy shit. So it's That's... called, it's called the dark machine. So they're the dark machines. So, you know, at the end of the song, you know, I, the line, the line I say to close everything out is like, call on your psych, you know, reach for the sky, pull on the dark machines till the end of the line. And, you know, that's really like getting your sticks in and like, you know, pulling yourself up and getting to the end of that line. So it really just kind of came like full circle for me. <laughs> that's really cool, Nicole. I, thanks for sharing all that. I mean, I, yeah. I had I had no idea. I, I, I also think uh, not too long ago, did you did you drop like a video of like uh, of ice climbing recently where it was like a tutorial almost? I, I don't know if it was you. Not uh, a tutorial. No, I don't post any like t- tutorials or anything. Oh, you know what you might be thinking of? I did. Um, I did mentor um, a group of female ice climbers yes. in Colorado. So I was, yeah, I was lucky to to have been called. That's on what that was. Okay. To, to mentor, um, you know, really awesome group of women who were aspiring ice climbers and just wanted to, to learn and do it for the first time. Some of them had never even climbed rock before. And, you know, they signed up for, um, for this trip, this adventure trip, um, to learn how to ice climb, you know, and it's just a whole experience. And, you know, we made it like, you know, extremely safe. So, you know, we set up ropes at the top. So you, you already have a rope on you, you know, at the top, you, if you, if you even go up like a few feet and you decide like, I don't want to do this anymore, you can literally let go and you will just be hanging in place, man. See, that's something I want to do. (laughs) We should do it, do an interview while doing ice climbing. Oh my God. So uh, tell me about this climb. All right, just, we're we're at this elevation or something like that. Just an idea. Go pro it, yeah. <laughs> um, man, so I really love I really love that. That yes, yeah, I was right. Yeah, I feel like I know more about you than you know more about yourself. So that that's kind of uh, <laughs> that's I'm like kind of hilarious. But you you did do that. I remember you did do that. So I think that's a big part of who you are. And as far as like ice climbing, um, mm-hmm. and if you don't if you don't know who the ice climbers are, you and Justin should dress up as them for next Halloween. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> that would be so Funny. cool. Yeah, I don't think Justin will be ice climbing. <laughs> he is afraid of heights, but okay. Um he's he's made some milestones and I've gotten him to uh rock climb like a few routes with me where like he got up pretty high and, and conquered that fear. So mm-hmm. so that was cool to see him like go out of his comfort zone and and even just you know try to do that. Yeah. Now, Nicole, we're gonna we're approaching the last part of our podcast. I have a little surprise for you at the end, so I'm not gonna tell you okay. what it is yet. But I know we've covered a a good amount of ground on this awesome mm-hmm. conversation. Always great to have you on here. I know this the discussions we've had will always you know uh-huh. be great, whether it's on social media or podcast in person. You know, from everything we discussed, from 
when we first met, you know, your upbringings, you know, the, the touring, playing with different bands, you know, your relationship with your bandmates and Justin, your Jackson endorsement, the pandemic, holy shit. You know, know, I'm always excited to see where you go from one point to the next, Nicole, almost like a proud moment for me, because seeing someone like you from where you started to where you are now, there is a level of inspiration here, you know, and I and I I take that with a lot of gratitude, getting the chance to speak with awesome people like you. I've spoken to so many amazing guests on my own show, and it's you're 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 no stranger to that. You know, it's it's really cool to see that and there's definitely an undying passion for what you do and from what i've seen from from experiences you've experienced plenty already in your career you know and then some you know here we are new chapter with Collius. i feel like you know a new album coming up as a musician or hell as a human being do you ever just stop for a moment maybe you can take this moment to take a look back at how far you've come Um, that is a, that is a good question. And like, I, I really do appreciate, you know, how you've been following us and, and my work in general. Like I, I feel honored because, you know, sometimes I feel like, oh, you know, little old me, like, (laughs) and I think I, um, now that you bring it up, I, I feel like I haven't really taken enough time to reflect on like how far I've come. I think because, I constantly feel, um, uncomfortable Hmm. because I, I don't feel like I'm at where I want to be. So, you know, having that constant discomfort is kind of like the fire that's under my ass telling me that like, you know, you, you can do better and you have to keep going and, and all that. And I know like sometimes that can kind of be a bad thing. Um, because it's, it's very, um, I guess, unrestful feeling. Like, I feel like I, I don't rest enough for it. And my brain is just constantly, um, running and thinking of like, oh, what can I, what can I be doing right now? And, and the result of that is that I feel like I've had really no, no days off besides when I'm climbing. And that's why I love climbing is because I, I don't think about anything that I, I have to be, Oh my God, I have to do this when I get home. Like, mm-hmm. or I wonder what's going on with, with this, with the band or like what they're doing or whatever. It's like, I can actually like really disconnect in like an outside environment. Um, but other than that, it's just like, I feel like every waking moment, there's just like something that I could be doing, whether it's writing or promoting my music or, you know, you know, making a piece of content and just, kind of doing everything that I possibly can knowing that I I tried everything, you know, otherwise I feel like, Oh, if I don't, if I don't give this like my best effort all the time, like, you know, who, who cares, you know? And I feel like I should probably just care more myself. Like, okay, like I'm doing all right. You know, like I'm doing everything I can, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad you asked that because I really, that's something like, I don't, I don't think about too much you know, I feel, yeah, I feel it's important to, you know, I get moments throughout, especially in the last year where I, I listen, I I love what I do and it's great. I mean, I learn as much as about myself, as much as I learn about you, my guests on my show, which is great. I'm, I'm, it's, it's a privilege, but there it's like, I, I understand what you feel. There is that fire under my ass too. It's like, you have to 
you have to keep going if you stop for one minute it kind of uh, it kind of blocks out everything that you built you know it, you it, really it doesn't virtually because you built all this momentum it's not really doing anything but mentally it's like you want to keep that going but it's like i get this moment sometimes where it's just like i i just want to push everything like literally everything like away and just not do anything kind of just take this the moment to just you know like you you know does that make sense like it's like so 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 last year so last year i did some climbing last year now now that you're reminding me um, i i climbed gloss mountain it's out in um west oklahoma it's middle of nowhere and uh i remember getting up there at the very top and you get that exhilarated feeling like when you're at the top of uh, of, of, a, of a peak or I'm sure you've had this when you reach the top of something you know mm-hmm. whether it's an obstacle or or whatever it is you're working on music um and you get there and you you get this sense of just like this peace you know you don't know how long you'll get it but it's there and I remember there was another climber that uh reached the peak same time I did and he was walking on he was he had like walkers with him and uh he was maybe late 30s I'm 33 so he's like in his late 30s he had, uh, I think he had triple bypass surgery and he wow. was telling us how he almost died, you know, and, and as you know, his wife like pushed him to get to where he is right now. And he did this climb all by himself. And that really put things in perspective. Like it's, I'm not making, like, you can't make this stuff up. I get there on top of the peak and that guy's like right there. Such a great guy. I don't know. I forgot his name, but he was telling me about that story, but you know, like moments like that, like he, I feel like it's also important to push everything away take a moment how to kind of just reevaluate yourself into what you do mm-hmm. and then go back into it with a refocused attitude. Um, yeah. but you know, I, I hope you it's get really the chance advice. to do that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, I'm no one to give advice, but it's just yeah. from my experience, like from what you've experienced, mm-hmm. take that moment, whether it's today in the studio, I don't, I know the tour technically doesn't start today, but it's like, you know, you're about to go and grab some coffee after this, you know, take that moment when you walk over to that hipster shop, you know, <laughs> think about, and I'll, I'll send you that video, you know, watch that video for a moment. If you get a chance, it's like a two minute video. It's a comedy, but it's yeah. really funny, but you know, take that moment to just, you know, and take in the, you know, the, what is it? The New York or New Jersey air, wherever you're at. It's not the best of air, but you know, it's just, <laughs> it's I, I I've lived in New York. So I, I understand what not that, you know, mountain air, but yeah, not that mountain air, not that mountain crisper that you get up at top of the Alpine, but yeah, it's little moments here and there. I think it's important to take it all in and just remember that you are doing what you're doing because you want to do it. You, there's a passion for what you do. Yeah. You share it with those other three members. Don't forget that, you know, they're mm-hmm. there because they're there to also help support you, you know? So mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned this is therapeutic, right? So this, I, I know. Just, you know I'm, I, I'm so glad. I feel like I needed this. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, I'm glad we finally did this after almost two yeah. years. Let's, you know, I'm hoping we can do this again sooner. Um, but we're gonna end things on this segment that I didn't do before. It's the it's gonna be the fun part. I feel like we've been serious. Let's tone it down. I'm gonna do something here called the lightning round. I'm going to go down the list. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to end with no (laughs) coffee. Exactly. So your answers may be different uh, an hour from now, which is great. Some of them are simple. Some of them are just downright ridiculous. Okay. Oh my God. I'm going to ask you a question. You just answer one or the other. All right. We got past the OPEC question. So you have to worry about that. All right. You ready? Okay. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) This is so ridiculous. Um, All right. 
Red or blue? Blue. Vegan or meat? Vegan. Coffee or tea? Tea. Okay. Oh, you threw you threw a 180 there. All right, cats or dogs? Dogs. Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings? I haven't watched either. <laughs> All right, great. Vikings. Vikings. Oh, hey, that's a good show too. That's a great show. <laughs> I, I need to I need to pull that up next time. All right, Greek food or Italian food? Greek. That that kind of that's a no brainer. Bungee jump or skydive? Skydive. Country or hip hop? Country. If you were to spend one day in the world of the last show you watched, where would you be and would you survive? I feel like Vikings is the answer, right? Was that the last show you watched? Um, it was Last Kingdom, so it would be in the UK. Yep. Yeah, I, you would survive one day, right? That, that'd be okay. Yeah. Okay. Halloween or Christmas? Halloween. All right. Hell yeah. Chicago or New York? New York. Black Dream or Dark Machine? Dark Machine. <laughs> All right. Ah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. All right. Uh, these get ridiculous as we go down. All right. Uh, name one of the seven dwarfs. Sleepy. I was going to say Sleepy, too. <laughs> that was the first thing I was thinking. I'm like, because I got, I was, like, no sleep yesterday. So yeah, I'm like, that's, that's the first one. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on, like, three hours of sleep. So that's exactly That was me the other day. I had three hours of sleep and then flew here and then had rehearsal. Jeez. So I can't remember the last time I actually even had more than five hours, honestly. So, oh, my God. See, I'm giving, I got to give myself my own advice. All right. Would you rather be able to move things with your mind or know the future? Um, move things with my mind, I guess. Yeah, I know the future. It would freak me the hell out. All right. If Voldemort offered to give you a hug, would you accept? What? Who? Voldemort from Harry Potter. Oh, see, I, I didn't see those movies either. Oh, no. Okay. I think I come. saw, I think that, no, this ties into the dwarves thing. Cause I think I watched one on my way back from a flight from Greece. Um, and I, I took like three naps in it. Oh, you would, you would have a really good conversation with, with Justin because yeah. he loves, um, he's obsessed with star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, um, Man. Harry Potter, all of that. Yeah. Justin, I love star Wars too, though. Yeah. Justin, you got to make Nicole sit down and watch all these movies with her. I, oh, so I'm a late Harry Potter bloomer. Um, I didn't watch all the movies until maybe a couple of years ago. So I watched him like, I think there's like seven movies. I watched them all at once. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm still a bigger Star Wars fan, but maybe I would have appreciated Harry Potter more if I watched the movies at the time they were out. But I yeah. wasn't that big of a nerd for Harry Potter. But anyway, Voldemort, he's the he's the name. You He's the, what do they call him? They say um, the one with no name or something like that. Like you're not supposed to say his name because it's oh. like forbidden. So anyway okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that question next time all right would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals oh talk to animals for sure oh okay i've had yeah so i've, I've had people who say well i can talk to i don't my want dog. to talk to more people like <laughs> i can talk to my dog so i guess i'll talk to i speak every language of the world yeah exactly God. talk to animals yeah why wouldn't you want to know what a i probably wouldn't even hang out with people anymore at what, that point. yeah why wouldn't you want to know what a porcupine or a porcupine is doing on like a you know on a river in one day on a wednesday that's, yeah, you know, that's I, a, I love animals, so that would that would be like a dream, like if you could communicate with them like that. Last one. There's a time machine in front of you, Nicole. It says the destination is the first concert you've ever attended. What? Where are you? 
And what do you remember the most about this day? And do you take the trip? Um, yeah, it was actually Metallica when I was. 15. Oh, dude, that is that's awesome. That was my first real concert. How long ago was that? Um, 20 years ago. Do you still keep like the ticket stuff and like the pictures from that day? No. no oh, yeah, that's right. Because you don't keep that. stuff. I don't collect things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My first all here. So my first concert ever was actually uh, Dimebag. Because obviously, Pantera oh, is huge. So I never it was, got to see Pantera. So, so here's the crazy thing. I um I was was I your age too? Was I also 15? I, it was 2004. I was in uh I was it was a sophomore year, and I saw Dimebag two months before he got shot on stage. Oh, October, and there were that was when with him and Vinny. That was when Damage Plan was a thing. You know, Damage Plan. That was they were a huge band at that time, obviously, but. Uh, yeah, that was my first concert. That was a weird show because you had you had a band like Damage Plan, but then you had like the Used, and then you had Switchfoot, and then Velvet Revolver, and then and then uh, Drowning Pool, and Bowling, <laughs> and then Bowling for Soup, which I found out like two days later. My mom was babysitting the the lead singer's kid for Bowling for Soup that day. She's like, "Hey, do you know Bowling for Soup?" I'm like, "Yeah, I just because she ran a daycare at that time, and obviously they were in town." But anyway, that's a whole different story. But. <laughs> That's that. That's pretty rad, man. Metallica is your first show. I think that's that's as good as it gets. I feel like. Did you go by yourself or did you? I went by myself. My parents. No, just me I I went with like. Uh, my parents were really strict growing up. Um, very typical Greek dad, and he used to be mm-hmm. military police. So that'll oh, be wow. until like me growing up. But um, yeah, I went with uh, one of my like my bandmate from my first band and his parents. So that's why I was able to go to that show. Man, so I went by myself. My parents just dropped me off. And I, I get there, right? And there were, like, a people I went to high school with. They saw me. They're like, whoa, Sony, I didn't even listen to metal. And they, <laughs> I went by myself in every, like, almost everyone in high school. And then the next day I show up in school and everybody was, like, giving me high fives. Dude, it was so good to see you at that show. I didn't even listen to metal. They thought I listened oh. to, like, country or some shit. And, weird uh, which yeah. you know, i'm not not knocking country but it was just like really like it's so random i mean uh my hair was like this length like in high school it wasn't this long but it was like this length i was starting to grow up my hair at that time yeah but i didn't like really country but anyway <laughs> that was it was really cool but that really opened up a lot of you know in my first concert ever and uh, i think i still have the ticket stuff from that day it was called freakers ball that was the name of the of the show wow. and they had like multiple stages. Skindred, that was a band that was there too. I forgot. Oh. Skindred, I think they're like coming back in there. But anyway, uh, first show. And you've show. been in Texas your whole life? Yeah, I lived in LA too for three years, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, in um, Fullerton when I did film school out there. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, but from like 20, no. 2013 to 2015. Yeah, that was a time. That was a weird time in my life because I, I dropped out of college. I, I, I quit my job and I just went to LA with like $2,000 and you know, nice. that's like, I would never, if it wasn't for film school, I'm telling you right now, I would not be sitting here today with you because awesome. crazy thing is I did a film with, um, there was a girl, her name is Danielle Hodges. Shout out to her because her husband and me started IUF. So that's how we got connected. So I did a film with her and then her, she introduced me to her husband in Texas. And then we started this music publication together. So that's um, so awesome. Yeah. So I go yeah. to Cal. So yeah. So I go to California every year. So last year I was in Calabasas. Uh, my friend was living out there, and I stayed with her for okay. for the duration I was there. But 
next time I'm in your neck of the woods, yeah, definitely let me know. I'm in Anaheim yeah. Hills. Um, oh, dude, I in Fullerton and Anaheim are like maybe 20 minutes from each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you live next to Disney World. Oh, sorry. Disneyland. Yeah. And you. Pretty, you hear, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So do you hear the fireworks every night? Are you that close? Uh, well, we're up, we're up in Anaheim Hills, so you can actually like kind of like see them from a distance. Yeah. But yeah, we're like, we're like up on a, up on a hill. <laughs> Dude, I'm surprised we still haven't met in person. So let's stay in touch. Right? Um, yeah. Man, so this has been great. Uh, Nicole, I'll let you go here. I'll let you get your coffee. I got to drop my car up at the shop because <laughs> I never got an appointment coming up. But thank you this... so much for having me. I'm so no, glad. Thank, thank you. By the way, do you want me to? If you want, I can send you this entire recording over to you right now. So you can have it if you want to edit yourself. We'll publish yeah. it sometime at, at some point this week. And uh, uh, just like before, we're going to have a really cool render that, that Corey's going to make for you. And I can send it over to you. Oh, cool. You can share okay. it with all your socials. It's going to look really yeah. badass. So um, awesome. Yeah. If you have like a specific one that um, you want to make and have me share, mm-hmm. um, do you normally post like in um, real format? Uh, we post, no, um, I'll have to get with Corey though. We, we, what we do is we take like a, you know how sometimes you can take like a two minute segment and put it on like a wavelength. That's what we do, but we have our own style to it. So, um, and then I send it over to you and you can just share it. We, we do it in like an Instagram format so it can fit. Oh, like a square. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I'll do, I'll just send you this video so you can have something to share while, until that episode drops, it's going to drop sometime this week. So. Um, oh okay cool is that okay yeah i will yeah i'll plan like whenever like um i guess after you release it like i'll plan my post and then i i switched over everything to real format so 1080 by 1920 um, okay because like it gets it gets the most views and engagement um rather than posting you need to educate me more on this stuff because i i just send everything off to Corey and he does he does because I because I do so much other stuff on my end because I also do photography and you know coordination with like tour managers and stuff like that to set up interviews with them in person yeah that's what I that's what I do for a living like I'm in I'm in marketing like social media marketing and um I I do videography and stuff for actually a film school um like a film and recording school so yeah that's, that's all I do is like content like strategy and format and and all that so i like oh my study, gosh study okay <laughs> um okay then i will probably be reaching out to you a lot more than i didn't know you do that so that's yeah. let me know uh, if you need tips oh dude of course of course i would love to work with you are you kidding me yeah <laughs> um yeah let me get with Corey. um and then I'll, I'll just email this this entire video to you now that way you have it and if you want to share snippets from it you can feel free yeah um, you're gonna put it like on a google drive or something yeah is that okay yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's I'll, I'll just let you know which uh, it'll come from my personal email, not from the interview under fire email. And then it's yeah, yeah. so um, this has been great. So I, I feel like we need our own podcast at this point. What do you think? Aww, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, everyone who is listening, this is the amazingly talented Nicole Papastavro, um, you know, call us, uh, give them a follow on all their socials. The dark machine is out now. Pick up the fourth phase. It already dropped a couple uh, years ago. That is a a banger of an ep and i can't wait to hear more stuff i'm sure it's it's gonna be exciting i can't wait i feel like i i, I don't want to like break the you know I, I don't know what you can i cannot say like it's like i hope we hear that this year because i'm so looking forward to new material from you guys oh uh, so yeah as far as like yeah i hope, remember hope and remember it's it's 
you know, I know it's like stressful, but it's like, just remember you you love what you do. You know, that's an important mm-hmm. thing in all this. So, and you have a fan here. I will always be your biggest supporter. So you just let me know Stop. if you ever need help from us, we, we can help as well. So, um, yeah, let's, let's get us to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Let's keep um, that conversation going. Yeah. And, uh, awesome. and don't forget, you can listen to this podcast, all the major podcast streams out there. Uh, Nicole, I'll let you go here. Um, have a great day. Uh, take time with that coffee. Get like the extra espresso shots. I know I get like three when I go in, but um, and have and have have a great tour, by the way. All right, uh, yes, leading up to the tour dates, and uh, just yes, make I sure have. I can't wait to see the footage from the tour. Awesome. So I will be live streaming it on my Twitch. Actually, I'm going to create so. a Twitch account. All right, and yep. I you'll be the first person I follow. And, yes. um, and, and I will be DMing you if I need like tips and tricks on how to get around that. Cause oh, I yeah. know it's, it's going to be a lot of, uh, navigation that I probably will need help with. So, nope. um, just be ready for that. So if I need help, <laughs> all right. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be on your doorstep. So all right, Nicole, much love. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart. It's <laughs> always such, so great. Um, so glad that that I'm, I'm honored to know you, you know, it's, that's, that's, that's another thing that I want to point out. Um, oh, I feel the and, same way. I'm, I'm so thankful to be on your show. Seriously. Yeah. And, uh, much love to you, Justin, your bandmates, you know, Zachy, uh, JP and Chris, you know, uh, nothing but love for you guys going forward. Have a great tour. Like I said, and I'll see you guys down the road. Okay. All right. So we'll talk to you soon. All right. Stay in touch. I'll send you this right now so you can just share it. All right. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.